Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Hello there. Welcome back. I'm glad that you're here today. Happy I didn't scare all of you away on episode zero. (laughs) How are you doing? I hope that you're safe and healthy and in good spirits today. This is a safe place here. I want everyone listening to the podcast to feel welcomed and valued. The world outside is rough right now. For some of you, your home life is rough too. I hope that this time together will be a respite from your daily routine. I mentioned my hummingbirds last time. Something exciting happened the other day. I was cleaning the feeder and refilling the sugar water in the kitchen. I can see the end of the porch where the hummingbirds come to drink. Well, I finished filling the sugar water and I saw Daredevil, the female hummingbird, searching for the missing feeder. So I walked over to the sliding glass door on my back porch and held up the feeder in my hands. I wanted to see if she would come up to me and drink. She has not been afraid of us in the past. Well, to my delight, she flew over to where I was standing and looked at me a second. I said, it's okay. Come and have a drink. She then sat on the perch and drank for a good minute while I held that feeder. I was never that close before. I could see that she had this tiny little tongue that came out to lick up the sugar. And I kept talking to her quietly saying, is that good sugar? I made sure to stand very still since we've established this level of trust. When she finally had her fill, she flew off I then hung the feeder up where it belonged. That was the big highlight for my day. I wish that I had it on video. Um, My husband said that we will try and stage it again so we can video it. So today I'm just going to start talking about topics of abuse. So we are all on the same page. We all come from different backgrounds and experiences. So what comes into your mind when you hear of domestic violence or spousal abuse? An episode of Cops? Let's talk about some of the common myths about domestic violence and abuse. We've had a lot of news media coverage about all kinds of things. Now it's a good thing that the awareness is getting out there, but I'm finding 
that there are a lot of misconceptions about abuse and trauma. So one, it only happens in bad neighborhoods, in poor communities. Did you know domestic violence and abuse is present in every culture, race, and social economic group on the planet? I have lived in a lot of different neighborhoods, poor, rich, and middle class. I can assure you that the abuse goes on in all of the neighborhoods. Some quote-unquote bad neighborhoods or poor neighborhoods may not have the resources to help abuse victims, but the wealthy neighborhoods are just as bad. Just some neighborhoods are able to hide it better than the others and keep up the appearance of having a perfect life. TV shows and pop culture all want you to believe that it's only in the trailer parks and inner city slums. I've had plenty of children of wealthy or high profile people in my small groups that have endured a lot of horrible abuse inside fancy Hollywood mansions. You would think that if you had all that money, then you'd never suffer again. Not true. Money can't protect you from abuse, unfortunately. Money just gives you more access to ways to numb the pain of abuse. Money gives you a lot of perceived power. You can buy lots of alcohol, drugs, sex, and fast cars. Wealthy abusers can hide their abusive behaviors from the public with high-priced slimy lawyers and pay off the whistleblowers. But you can't buy your way into healing with money. Sure, you can afford a good therapist, but when it comes down to it, you still have to do the work by showing up and facing the pain and trauma in order to get past it. Abuse doesn't care how much money you have in your pockets. So let's look at number two. Abuse is a woman's problem. Now the world has always been at an imbalance with the sexes. We all know that. History shows abusers have taken advantage of women, women's vulnerabilities from the beginning of time. Women's emotional makeup was designed to nurture relationships by bringing tenderness, empathy, trust, and unconditional love. Now, abusers manipulate women by using emotions held hostage by a monthly cycle, which <laughs> runs the spectrum of a roller coaster ride against them. Those qualities are not weaknesses, those are strengths. But those that seek to abuse women have used a woman's admirable qualities against her in order to get what they want. 
with the Me Too movement being in the forefront recently, women have finally been able to make their voices heard. Too many women have been intimidated and threatened into silence for far too long just for being a giver of life. But ever since I left my abuser and I started my ministry 10 years ago, I'm finding out that in my horror that that is just not a woman's problem. I've heard heartbreaking stories of young boys, teenage boys, and adult men who have been horribly abused. Since men are expected to be tough and manly, they hide their abuse from everyone. They feel ashamed. They have been groomed, manipulated, blackmailed, fondled, and raped, just as the women have. The, the statistics are 40% of males are abused in some form or fashion, but I think that the numbers are actually higher due to some not reporting it. So it's wrong and unfair to put all the men into the abuser category. Women are just as capable and able to dish out devastating abuse. I have always believed that every woman would want to nurture and protect her child at all costs. I have learned that this is not always the case. Now that's the highest order of betrayal there is. There are some mothers that are monsters out there. Males are abused by siblings, grandparents, nannies, cousins, and any other person in the family they trust. Now, I personally know three men close to me with tales of abuse. And I hear more stories every day. It's not just a woman's problem. It's a human problem. So, guys, we do see you and acknowledge you, too. Number three, it would never happen in my church. This myth is more common than the other myths. Everyone wants to point fingers at the Catholics for all the abuse and sex scandals in the church. The violating of altar boys, the shocking confessional secrets, the hushed affairs with priests. But the truth is, Every world religion and every Christian denomination has abusive people lurking within its walls. Sex is power, and power corrupts. I thought I was the only one who suffered spiritual abuse and spousal abuse within my church. When I left, my eyes were opened to others within my denomination that had gone through the same thing. As I heard stories from other victims, 
I learned that pretty much every church had the same thing. Now, the, the church that I had been part of, 17 to be exact, had the same dark secret. You may be thinking, not my church. Pastor so-and-so is such a godly man. Or, the youth director is so dedicated to those kids. He could never do such a thing. Be warned. Anyone can fall into horrible sin. We are all sinners, dependent on a holy God. The enemy of God is always looking for a foothold to destroy someone, especially a church leader. Each day, we have to choose whether to live for God or our own foolish, fleshly desires. We do need to remember to pray daily for our church leaders. This kind of sin is very easy to hide in a church. We are raised to trust people in church leadership, men and women of the cloth, so to speak. We preach forgiveness and trust to our fellow Christian brothers and sisters. We put up these false fronts that everything is great. God is good. I don't have any problems, etc. We take great pains to hide our flaws, our sin, and dark side. A church environment is prime fertile ground for abusive people to get away with committing unspeakable acts and then get away with it. We have single women looking for a husband. We have elderly people with a variety of needs, lonely for companionship. We have lots of impressionable children who need to be brought up to love Jesus. We have a hormone-fueled teenagers searching for direction, love, and acceptance. Most churches are short-handed and able-bodied, nice Christian helpers are needed to serve in the church. A lot of times, no one even does a background check or checks references or asks any questions. So unless you're a flashy televangelist, serving in the church is not a glamorous job especially in the children's ministries. So, if someone volunteers to watch the ornery kids in the nursery, we eagerly let them in. Never mind that the individual was inappropriately touching the kids in the last church. The problem has always been that the victim is never believed the perpetrator's reputation is upheld. The church wants to hide abuse to avoid scandal. Then there's the pressure towards the victim, if the church even admits the abuse happened. You have to forgive and forget. 
the abuser is then usually sent to some other church where the abuse is repeated again. Now, hopefully the tide is changing now with the um, Church 2 movement coming to light. Church leaders are getting serious about protecting the congregation in their care. Cameras are cheap now. Get a few installed. Mandatory training should be given to all of those serving in any capacity. No church leader, paid or volunteer, should be allowed to be alone with a minor. Ever. Anyone in the church that reports abuse should be believed and protected. The police should always be called. Do not think for a moment that your church doesn't have an abuser in its midst. Sometimes it's the leadership. Sometimes it's another member in the church. Sometimes it's a visitor. Wherever you worship, be sure to keep your eyes open, put safeguards in place, and hold your church accountable to do the right thing if the unthinkable happens. Myth number four. If he didn't hit you, then it doesn't count as abuse. <sighs> if I had a dollar for every time somebody said to me, but he didn't hit you, so you should have stayed. I'd be rich. They didn't care about my suffering or pain as a person. They only cared about preserving the Institute of Marriage. They didn't even ask me about what I went through. All they heard was that I left my husband. There are so many other forms of abuse that are just as valid and damaging. Physical, emotional, verbal, mental, spiritual, financial, sexual. We also have neglect, isolation, gaslighting, manipulation, narcissism. The common denominator of all abuse is not hitting, not bruises, not broken bones. Are you surprised? My abusers made my life a living hell without laying a finger on me. Mind control is very powerful. Your body can heal from the physical abuse but it takes years, even decades, to heal from emotional or mental abuse. So the common denominator of all abuse is, what folks? It's control. This kind of abuse affects, one, your self-confidence and self-worth, two, your perception of reality, Three, how you relate to others in your life. Four, how you perceive God. 
while physical abuse is a vile and horrible violation of somebody's body. The threat or fear of violence is just as powerful and scary. I will tell you about the time when my ex tried to commit suicide. He got upset that he couldn't have a second piece of pie. He marched upstairs and announced that life wasn't worth living anymore. He said he was going to blow his brains out with his gun. Now, he had bluffed on other things many times before. He was a master manipulator. I stood at the bottom of the stairs for what seemed like an eternity. What will I find when I get up there? Is he really going to kill himself? Or is he bluffing? Now, experts always say that you should always take any suicide attempt seriously. So, I walked upstairs to our bedroom to find him holding his gun to his head. So, I then wondered if he was going to turn the gun on me. What would happen to me if he decided to die today? After an hour of talking him down, he finally put the gun down. That shook me up for a long time. The mistake that I made was not getting him any help. Now, he minimized the whole event at that time. Looking back now, it wasn't about the pie. There were some major mental health issues that needed to be dealt with. Make no mistake, that event was extremely traumatic, even though nothing happened. I always had in the back of my mind, was he going to do it again? It is tragic that abuse is more common than you think. It is everywhere now. At least I notice it now more than I ever did since I started working with abuse survivors in my Mending the Soul groups. I hear stories of abuse that would make your hair curl. A family without some sort of abuse in the family tree is exceedingly rare nowadays. Every time I think that I've heard it all, someone else comes along and disturbs me to the core. Most recently, I can't fathom how a father can sexually abuse his own one-year-old daughter. Be warned, the rumors about perverted crazy uncle in the family you hear are possibly true. Children who do not get their basic needs met at home go searching for it somewhere else. They have this huge black hole to fill. Then they fall for the trap of anyone who shows the slightest amount of love or care towards them. No matter what the intentions of the abuser are, 
This kind of trauma spills into the volatile teen years and into adulthood. Then, when the survivors go out into the world, they are a prime target for reoccurrences of abuse piled on top of whatever they just went through. Spouses, co-workers, teachers, coaches, counselors, religious leaders, neighbors, boyfriends. What are we supposed to do? Hey, this stuff is dark. This is not easy to deal with or even talk about. But you can't ever hope to heal from abuse by pretending that it isn't there or covering it up with destructive behavior. The only way to heal from it is to acknowledge that it's there, bringing it out into the open and process these events. You have to go through the fire, not around it. So denying your feelings or emotions connected to these memories just creates other problems. People try to cover up the pain with drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, working too much, gambling, and sometimes crime. They don't want to deal with the feelings of worthlessness, shame, guilt, pain, and hopelessness. Is that you, my friend? Is that how you feel? Many victims don't even believe that they deserve to be treated with respect. So they put up with it for years. Are you one of those? If you don't hear anything about what I say today, remember this one thing. You are loved by God. You are precious in his sight. He created you for a purpose. And there is no one else in this world like you. You are worthy of love and respect. Over the next few months, we'll talk about the many paths and methods of healing. There are lots of great organizations and shelters that help victims escape abuse and start over again. A basic Google search will bring up some in your area, in order to get you started. There are more choices now than when I left my abuser. So pick one that works for you. Of course, I personally recommend Mending the Soul. It is a faith-based small group that helps people to heal from domestic violence, abuse, and trauma. It is a confidential, safe place where you can tell your story and be believed. As a facilitator, I journey with you 
in your healing. I'm in the pit with you, crying with you, being angry with you, and rejoicing with you. You're in a group with other survivors that understand what you went through, and they're there to support you. When you've completed the group, you will have tools that will help you to move forward in life with hope and victory. I do not make a dime off of mending the soul. Joining a group is free. The only cost involved is purchasing the workbook and the textbook. So you can get those from most websites uh, that sell books like Amazon. Or you can buy directly from Mending the Soul. If you can't afford the books, you can ask your facilitator if they offer help with books. We don't want someone not to take the group just because they can't afford the price of a book. So go over to Mending the Soul's website, um, mendingthesoul.org. Uh, you can find um, a group in your area. You can search by zip code. My next group is going to be in January, the first week of January. Um, and the problem with that is I only have slots for four people. So if, if I'm full, then there are lots of other facilitators out there that can welcome you into their group um, by Zoom, of course. So what are your thoughts on this topic? Those are just some of the myths of, you know, abuse out there. What are some others that you think should be on this list? You can comment on my website at dswministries.org. I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to be a guest or have your original music featured on the podcast, please reach out to me at diana at dswministries.org. Also on my website, you can schedule a interview right from my website. It's right on the homepage. So now it's time for our music segment. I'm going to feature a song on my album called um, He's Been Faithful. It's on the Classic Favorites album. The song really captures how I felt going through my trials and how through it all, God has been faithful to me. It's written by Carol Simbala from the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. So I really hope you enjoy this song. So until next week, today just do one thing, one small thing to get you closer to your goals of healing. God bless you all.
Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.